1: The volume.
0: No! Oh, my God! How could he do that? Are you on? What? Charles Darwin.
1: The nerves is where it's at.
0: Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson and Alongside me is Logan Camden, one of the few insane men in America who in a down regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs, with perhaps their most questionable group of weapons yet looking more human than they ever had, still picked them to win the Super Bowl before the postseason started because of his undying faith in one man, as he would say, WHPM, we have Patrick Mahomes. And oh my goodness if Mahomes didn't get it done in perhaps the moment of his career so far, the final drive in regulation, and then what he did in overtime to bring the Chiefs a Super Bowl victory in one of the best Super Bowls, certainly in recent memory, I would argue, ever. Logan, I tweeted out earlier that we were going to discuss if Patrick Mahomes has the largest gonads in the history of mankind. (laughs) Does he?
1: Brock Purdy's got some pretty large gonads. He does. But I do think Patrick Mahomes... uh... Mahomes probably does have the largest go-neds, man. That was the biggest reason why they won this football game, man. Uh, Carson Patrick Mahomes has immortalized himself as a football legend at this point already in his career. He is a part of, uh, I mean, I think the Mount Rushmore of NFL quarterbacks in NFL history and potentially the Mount Rushmore of just NFL players Mm -hmm. point-blank period. You talk about the game-winning drive in overtime – the game-tying drive and regulation. I mean, this is where legends are made. This is where guys are immortalized forever on the biggest stage in football in the Super Bowl, right? We can, we can talk about all the accomplishments, all the things these guys do game to game, play to play. The Super Bowl is where the chips are down and where... Uh, memories are ultimately made Tom Brady had two of these moments right where Adam Vinatieri leads him through kicks the field goal he's got the greatest comeback in football history on the biggest stage with 28 to 3 and this is another one of those classic football moments that puts you a part of that elite group man uh Mahomes and the Chiefs are seven and zero over the last two postseasons. They are the first team to win back to back Super Bowls since the 2003 and 2004 Patriots. Uh, he has a 13 to one touchdown interception ratio over the past two postseasons. He's the first quarterback Carson ever. This is ridiculous. This is the stat that I think really hammers home how ridiculous Patrick Mahomes' start to his career is. He's the first quarterback ever to start in four Super Bowls before turning 30. Yeah. And obviously, because of that, he's the only quarterback to win three before turning 30. He's got the most playoff wins by any quarterback in a 6-year span. And you're right, Carson, there was a lot of skepticism around this team with injuries, with guys going out late, with receiver mishaps and offensive miscommunications and a really bad back half of the season. Mm-hmm. Carson Patrick Mahomes posted his career high in turnovers this season with 17. He posted his worst record as a starting quarterback going 11 and 6. And yet there's just this feel, this inevitability. Carson, on that final possession that the Niners had in overtime, it felt like if Brock Purdy and them do not put this ball in the end zone and they give this man an opportunity to win the game, that's what he's going to do. He's the grim freaking reaper of the NFL, man. He has assumed the position that Tom Brady held for so long, where if you give him two minutes, if you give him a minute 30, it doesn't matter. If you give him time on the clock, point blank period, he is going to make something happen. He is Thanos, man. And it's just... It's so weird. I talk about the moments. I talk about the accomplishments. Now uh, he is a part of just one of five quarterbacks to win three Super Bowls. Brady, Bradshaw, Montana, Aikman. He's 15-3 and in 18 career playoff games. And he just plays by a different set of rules. Uh, Carson, that's that's my conclusion is, you know, we can talk about legacy, how he's been immortalized. Patrick Mahomes is simply just better when his back is against the wall, when the pressure is on, when the chips are down, when the clock is ticking down. He is at his best when he's stressed, mm-hmm. when in these up-tempo rhythm late-game situations, when his back against the wall, when his back is against the wall. Patrick Mahomes fights like a caged animal, a caged beast, and he's gonna get the job done, man. He's the biggest. He, the defense deserves a lot of credit oh, yeah. for what they did in this football game. They deserve an immense amount of credit. But the guy that got them over the finish line, the guy that put the nail
0: in the coffin, was the Grim Reaper, Patrick Mahomes. He's the best football player I've ever seen. And I'm not proclaiming him the GOAT yet, but I think that if he's not in your top two you need to explain your criteria to me, because that would be like saying that Michael Jordan retiring after the first peak could couldn't be in those mm-hmm. conversations because of longevity. No, when a guy is just clearly the best to ever do it, has reached the highest peak, doesn't matter if other guys sustained really good production for longer. You can't tell me that if Mahomes retired today, you'd be like, yeah, I think that Peyton deserves to be above him. I think that I've got <laughs> Johnny Yu or Joe Montana above him. It just doesn't make sense. He does things that nobody else in the history of the sport has been capable of. And I would call him the great equalizer, but that would honestly be selling him short because no matter what he is up against, he is somehow always going to tip the scales, not just to a point where they're equal, in Kansas City's favor. He is going Mm -hmm. to put you over the top. And you mentioned, Logan, the inevitability that it felt like there still was for those Mahomes clutch drives in this game shouldn't have been possible. Would it be possible with any other player in football history to me? Even Brady, who of course has delivered more... Big moments in big games Mm -hmm. over the course of a career than anybody ever. But I just don't think when you're talking about this level of adverse circumstances in terms of the talent around and being at this sort of talent deficit, there's just a different level of creation of magical things just on the back of sheer athleticism that Mahomes can do. But They were really struggling early in this game. Mm -hmm. They were overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage. And shout out to Steve Wilkes. He was disguising coverage as well. I thought that he called a great first half in this game. And it just felt like the Niners were totally in control. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs were falling behind the sticks. You have some runs up the middle that get stuffed. You have a Mahomes sack. You have the two situations where on second and long after a negative play, they just run these uh, very simple receiver and tight end screens that are totally blown up. There's no other player who could be in that situation and I would still have the faith to say, yeah, I think that somehow, even though this other team is clearly more talented and look way better, that you are still going to find a win, a way to win. But that's just the Mahomes factor. And when it came down to those two clutch drives, he had big moments before that. I thought just keeping them in the game Down 10-3, he has that huge scramble on 3rd and 4, where he takes that contact and he just goes through a couple of defenders, and then he has the read option, big gain, to at least get them into scoring position. They needed something at that point, but really, when it came to that 4th quarter, first of all, he actually marched them down the field easily for the first time all game, but then when they're down 3, he comes up with just consistent methodical offense he was just surgical just picking apart those soft zone looks gets them in scoring position and then overtime was special overtime was maybe the most impressive drive of Mahomes' career and that is really saying something you have of course the early fourth down how insane would it be logan with basically any other player in nfl history to say fourth down yeah i think that we're going to line up in the shotgun here and if we did anything else you would say you're idiots Like, why would you ever Mm -hmm. not put the ball in the hands of your quarterback out of shotgun and give him the opportunity to make a play in space? Andy Reid, I thought, maybe had a couple of rough moments early in this game, but I thought that he was brilliant down the stretch. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that's Mahomes making a play. Kelsey's covered. He easily scrambles for the first there. Then he has to overcome what he's been having to overcome all year, which is boneheaded plays for his receivers, who I don't want to rag on over the totality of this game, but my God, MVS, what the hell is wrong with you? Could have had a gain of five or six instead after that first wrap spins out, loses four yards. So now you're again behind the sticks and he has that big third down conversion to Rasheed Rice. Then he has the huge scramble on the subsequent third and one for 15 Mm -hmm. yards. Like he just did whatever it took, man, whatever it took. And I do think that the use of his legs is really a special testament to that. 66 yards on the ground today on top of 333 through the air and two touchdowns. Yes, the defense was remarkable, and this isn't the most explosive performance from the Chiefs offense that we've ever seen, far from it. But in terms of individual quarterback performances, this has to be up there in those all-time conversations.
1: Oh, 100%. I think it has to be. I mean, the level of control that Mahomes exerted, and look, man, people are going to... If people want to hate on Mahomes from this game, it will be because they overblow the interception, and...
0: If you hate on Mahomes for this game, then you are not worth engaging in a conversation. That was
1: superhero stuff. And it's got to be such a gut wrenching, like, I mean, heart out of your chest kind of game feel for the 49ers because they played this game as perfectly as you can play against Mahomes. All of the stops in the red zone. Like, credit for Mahomes for getting the team down there. Uh, Credit for him for that big shot play early in the first quarter where they squander a red zone possession uh, because of a Pacheco fumble. I mean, the Niners Mm -hmm. hemmed him up really well. uh, Stifled them completely in the red zone. I mean, guys, their only touchdown in regulation comes off of a muffed punt. Without that muffed punt, the Niners probably win this football game. I mean, they were getting down there, but they weren't able to Uh, You know actually punch it in and then finally when the Niners defense is tired They think that they're gonna get off the field. They muff the punt boom right after that Mahomes gets into the end zone It just has to be demoralizing man because the Niners played as perfect a game. I can remember. It's like uh, It's like the Bills man. That's how this feels Carson is them losing that 13 second game Uh, But this is one of the greatest QB performances ever and statistically you may not look at it where you go Oh, you know, he didn't have four TDs or whatever That's the thing that we're trying to get across. Like, when when we're making these statistic cases, it's like Lamar's level of control that we've discussed throughout the uh, season. Lamar just controls the game. Mahomes controlled the game. And he did enough in every scenario. Right? Right? That's something that I think we need to hammer home, is that, no, they didn't get a TD on every drive, and no, they weren't perfect in the red zone, but they consistently moved the ball, they consistently got points, Mahomes consistently made plays in crucial spots, and that's not something that I can say for the quarterback that was opposite him, Brock Purdy. Carson, that was a key for you for uh, coming into this game, and again, that's a blanket statement you could make for any football game, but it was the Chiefs executing in the red zone, and they didn't. The Niners did a phenomenal job of defending them in the red zone, And if there was a guy that left meat on the, you know, food on the plate, meat on the bone, it was Brock Purdy leaving his own team short. Like, Mahomes didn't put the ball in the end zone every single drive, but he methodically moved it, and he kept the Chiefs getting points that were crucial to them finishing this thing off, man. I think it is one of the... Like you said, dude, with the circumstances, with an all-pro guard out, with all the immense pressure that the Niners were getting home, with all the times that they got stonewalled in the red zone, Mahomes just overcame and did it. Uh, It's... It truly is one of the greatest Super Bowl performances that that I can remember by a quarterback, especially considering the final two drives.
0: Yeah, he's the only guy ever to have 330 passing yards and 60 rushing yards in the same game. And last year... I thought that he was so, so clean. I thought that he was basically flawless in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, and maybe he wasn't flawless in this one because things were a little bit slow to start, and uh, he wasn't able to just totally negate pressure throughout that first half, and he does force the one ball, understandably so, because things were going south, but that was still a bad pick that he threw, but when you are talking about clutch playmaking back against the wall, what can you do just delivered over and over and over again, and... The Niners' biggest shortcoming in this game was just not landing that knockout punch. They never landed that knockout punch, and then you give the sliver of opportunity with that fumble in the red zone, and boom, Mahomes cashes in. Now you've given him what he needs to get a touchdown, and you give him two minutes to work with in regulation, and boom, he gets the points that he needs. You miss the extra point, right? And then that leaves the door open for him. He doesn't need a touchdown now. Over time, you only get three. Like, that's the thing. There's not really much to criticize about this Niners performance, and I do want to say specifically about Brock Purdy, I know that you said that maybe he didn't play make at the level that a Mahomes did, he was good in this game, man. His greatest sin in this game, like many before him, was just not being Patrick Mahomes. Like, I thought this was clearly the best game that Purdy played in this postseason. He did not have the killer mistake. It looked for a moment like maybe he did on that third and 13 in overtime, but then it turns out there was a hole downfield and then he led a big nuts drive, dude. He led a big nuts drive. Getting that ball out to Christian McCaffrey on third and two when he was under a bunch of pressure. Of course, CMC makes the special play, but that was impressive. Really nice throw on the run to use check. Like it didn't feel to me like there were many moments at all in this game where I looked out. And I thought, Brock Purdy doesn't belong on this field. I thought that he played a good game. Now, I did think there were some things where it's like, okay, yeah, he's not on that elite level. I thought that Spags was able to dial up some blitz that really disrupted him and... You see that kind of, it's the game-saving play for the Chiefs. They're able to get that blitz on third down. Juwan Jennings wins his route. It doesn't matter. Purdy just can't hold on to the ball long enough. There were a couple other big third downs. And there was a stretch in the early second half where he was out of rhythm, and he was throwing into traffic a lot, and it got a little bit dicey. But he came out making really nice throws over the middle of the field, moving the ball easily in that first quarter. And in overtime, I mean, he mostly did all you could ask, dude. We talked about how... If you're going to win the Super Bowl, no matter how good your team is, you're going to need your quarterback to make those couple special plays, and Brock was really close to doing that, man, and maybe if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes on the opposite side of the field, it would have been enough, but a field goal just wasn't enough.
1: It wasn't, and the only reason I say that is I do think Brock played a really good game against a great defense. I mean, again, considering the circumstances for Brock Purdy coming into this football game, I'm assuming you guys saw some of this on the broadcast, but... Uh, lowest-drafted player ever to start a quarterback in a Super Bowl. Obviously, we've had undrafted quarterbacks a la Kurt Warner, but he is the Mm -hmm. lowest-drafted QB ever to start in a Super Bowl, Mr. Irrelevant. He's the third-youngest quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. Dan Marino, Ben Roethlisberger. And considering the play of those two guys, Marino uh, isn't able to complete the game. Big Ben does not play a great game. Uh, This is the best performance by a young quarterback, in my opinion, on the big stage. Like, this is a— Uh, Brock does belong, and Brock is a good quarterback, and Brock played a good game, and all I'm saying is that there are just these few plays that make the difference. Uh, One play, I believe it's a a corner throw to Ayuk, where there's a wide open receiver cutting across the middle, and I'm sitting there going, just take the check down, Brock. Like, I want to give Brock a lot of credit, because I have been a guy who is You know, I've gone against the grain on Brock. You know, he's a very polarizing player. You either think he's the Mm -hmm. GOAT, he's the best quarterback in the league, or you think Brock Purdy's dog water. I think Brock is a very good quarterback, and I called him average. Yeah. And I thought he was overwhelmed. There are things that I think Brock does really well on the football field, but there were just marginal errors where he let me down where I think he tried to do too much on a certain play. But... That really is the difference. Chris Jones bears down on him on a play on a crucial third down. They get a defensive back blitz in his face and throws off the rhythm, and that's the difference. It's kind of the same thing with the defense, Carson. I thought this 49ers yeah. defense played an immaculate game. The pressure they were able to exert on Patrick Mahomes throughout this game. And if Dre Greenlaw, mm-hmm. who doesn't enter himself in one of the – that's one of the strangest injuries I've ever seen, man, to blow your that Achilles sucked. out running onto the field. And, it, and you can tell they're just fired up. The team is just Mm -hmm. ready to go, man. They're excited to get on the field. Maybe that makes a marginal difference in this game. you got Fred Warner and the boys flying around the field making plays. And to me, Carson, the difference in this game uh, for the Niners' defense, because they did everything right. Pressure. They got the turnover. Like, all the boxes that you checked to beat Mahomes, in the red zone, how they stopped him. I thought Mm -hmm. the biggest difference wasn't even the play of the players. I don't want to pick on him because I thought he came up with a great game plan. But Steve Wilkes to me, is the guy that I point the finger at. And the only reason I do that is because consistently, all game long, they are getting pressure with three and four guys. And in these big moments, these third-down scenarios, Wilkes says, we're going to bring the house. We're going to bring the pressure with five to seven guys. To me, it's like, no. That's the exact wrong play call mm-hmm. in this scenario. Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks. that He sees six yeah. or seven guys, and he goes, Uh, Troy Aikman was saying this on, uh, I think, Rasillo's pod, but he was like, the difference between good and great quarterbacks is they know the situation. They know what plays they need to make. Mm -hmm. And in those scenarios, when you see six or seven guys bearing down on you, you know, oh, there's a guy open, and i got to get rid of the ball. And in those scenarios, Mahomes was surgical. When he picked up the blitz, it was over. And I thought that was the difference, that Steve Wilkes was a little too gung-ho. I know that you want to make a play. I know that you want to get that big hit and seal the deal. I thought he was a little too gung-ho in those third down, fourth down situations, bringing the house when he should have dropped a
0: few more guys in coverage and tried to blanket the field. The one that stands out is the third down in overtime where Mahomes finds Mm -hmm. Rasheed Rice, and you could see the blitz was coming the whole way. I thought in the first half, actually, they were able to get a lot of pressure with four, but Mm -hmm. it really does come down to those little situational things, and I will say... You talk about that quote from Aikman, the ability to diagnose and know exactly what you need in that situation. Brock played a really good game, and he made a couple of those awesome plays outside of structure, but that is true. Like I thought that Mahomes held up much better against the Blitz. I thought that there were a couple spots where Purdy was sped up and he wasn't able to succeed in those Mm -hmm. situations. I do think, though, what you clearly have to say after this game is that whenever you watch the Niners in a big game with Jimmy G— it felt like definitively you are not going to be able to overcome this. Mm-hmm. Like, he is going to do those one or two things that just cost you, if it's a backbreaking mistake or if it's just the fact that he can't go above and beyond, that he can't extend a play with his legs, that he doesn't have that sort of improvisational instinct as a thrower to make a big clutch play. And it didn't feel that way in this game with Brock Purdy. So, I think that that, for the Niners, is a win that even though there were up and downs of this mm-hmm. postseason run, he made big plays when you needed him against the Packers. He made a whole lot of big plays when you needed them against the Lions. And in this game, I thought that he stepped up and mostly delivered against an awesome defense. So, yeah, I think it's still hard to win a Super Bowl with a Brock Purdy-level guy at quarterback. And I think that you see that because you're right. The Niners were the more talented team, and they dominated the line of scrimmage on mm. both sides of the ball for a yeah. lot of this game, and they had the more overwhelming talent, and you still didn't win. A lot of that is just Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He's the best football player ever. But if you have a, I don't even know if we can say a tier one guy because maybe tier one is just Mahomes, but we'll say a tier two guy, then maybe you can still win that game. But Brock has certainly separated himself from the two of the world, right? He's just able to Do more with his creativity, with his athleticism, and frankly, with his balls, because he doesn't fear the moment. And I thought that he hung in the pocket. I thought that he delivered some throws from some uh, congested, condensed pockets in this game. And uh, he put them in a position to win at the end of the day. But the Grim Reaper came through.
1: (laughs) The Grim Reaper always does come through. Always does. Brock has a level of poise that has just astounded me through these first two years, man. He never really looks flustered, or... I mean, the one game is the Baltimore game. And that's going to happen to anybody. It's the Keanu Reeves replacements quote. It's quicksand. You get Mm. those first turnovers, and you keep trying to dig and claw harder and harder, and that hole keeps pulling you down further and further. Brock, for the most part, doesn't blink. And I love that about him. Like, he never looks... He's a overwhelmed. Dog. He is a dog. Like I, and you can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Like I, I, I do believe that. If it wasn't Mahomes, like you said, man, Yeah. Carson, you can take any other quarterback on the planet. And this probably doesn't happen. I want to give a lot of credit to to Brock. Uh, Thirty three total TDs in the regular season. That was the fifth most in the NFL. He led the NFL in QBR. Fourteen and four in the regular season this year. Uh, he was seven and zero as a starter in games he started and finished his rookie season. He's twenty one and four in regular season games as a starter, led the number one offense out in terms of yards per game. Like, he delivers balls on time accurately. He can operate and move decisively in the pocket. And I did think we saw his play extension. Like, he is a legitimately good playmaker when stuff breaks down. And he protects the football relatively well. Like, I love the level of control that Brock and how he sees the field. Uh, Romo said this a million times on the broadcast, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tony Romo, but I do agree. Brock's situational awareness and field awareness, I'll reference the play that you referenced earlier, the McCaffrey dump off in the backfield. That's a split-second throw that you just have to know. My guy's there. I need to get this ball out right now, Mm -hmm. and he did it. And he's really good at that. But that is the difference between a Tier 2 guy and the best quarterback that I've ever seen with my own two eyes, man. Uh, Mahomes executed in those big spots, and Brock didn't. And that's not a knock on him. Like, Carson, this is... Again, this is one of the best games that I've ever seen a team put together against Patrick Mahomes, and it just didn't freaking matter.
0: Yeah, it was a really, really good performance from the Niners defense throughout. I did think, though, that the Chiefs defense was even more impressive, and that is always going to be probably throughout history, if I were to predict how things age when we think about this team, the unsung but major, major, really defining storyline of this team, because Mahomes is Mahomes. Mahomes has always been Mahomes. Maybe he is like the most sharp veteran, smartest version of himself ever, but the difference maker is that this is a completely different defense than we have ever seen him have and that's how you're able to overcome having the weakest offense that they've had throughout really this entire season and i thought that there were so many dudes who made such spectacular plays you have to just give a big old round of applause yet again to spags man is he the goat defensive coordinator dude
1: Carson, he's the only coordinator, they said this on the broadcast yeah. in NFL history, to win four Super Bowls, that's defensive or offensive. I think that points to two things with that stat. One, it's really hard for coordinators to stay in that role long enough. You know, again, right. you traditionally you win one or two, you become a head coach, yeah. but I mean, he's done it to everybody. Yeah. The fact that he did it to Brady, the fact that he has done it, I, I would consider him with his track record, and with subpar defenses too, right? I mean, Spags has come up with great game plans mm-hmm. for Chiefs defenses that weren't this dominant, and then you see oh, yeah. when you give him the requisite talent, they can have the best defense in football point-blank period, and I think that maybe is something that we overlooked. Their secondary played their asses off today, and they've been oh, playing their God. asses off all year with Legarius Need, with Trent McDuffie, with everybody on this team. Yeah. Uh, They made so many huge plays, Carson. So many massive pass breakups on all the skill talent. I mean, this secondary completely negated the elite skill position talent of the Niners. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, other guys. It has to be Spags. I think that you hit
0: on the key point. It's like, yeah... If Bill Belichick had decided, hey, I want to be a defensive coordinator for life, of course he would have been the GOAT. We know what he did with those Giants defenses in the 80s and early 90s. Turns out he just wanted to be the greatest defensive coach, period, of yeah. all time, and one of the greatest GMs of all time and the greatest head coach of all time. But when you're talking about lifetime DCs, I honestly think that Spaggs is probably in a class I of say, his own. Uh,
1: let me shout out Buddy Ryan. Shout I'll out Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan some love, but... I- I'm going to get my research team on that uh, in, in a minute, but Spags to me is, is number
0: one. Everybody note that a shout out has been given to Buddy Ryan, of course, great defensive coordinator and spent some time as a head coach as well, but also gave us Rex and Rob Ryan, which I guess is a bit more of a mixed bag. <laughs> I thought Spags was huge. And again, it really is those differences on the margins, right? He was so good as he always is dialing up those blitzes on third down and... That made the difference because I thought that Purdy just wasn't able to deliver enough in those very specific situations. But the individual players too, man. There was a long stretch of this game where I thought, if the Chiefs win, the Super Bowl MVP has to come from this defense because they kept giving the ball back to the Niners quickly and then they kept finding a way to deliver. If it was a timely takeaway on the first possession when they were kind of getting marched on. But more often, it was just, I mean, getting good old-fashioned stops. But you mentioned the PBUs. I mean, Trent McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, potentially saved a couple of touchdowns in this game. He had the PBU early on that ball to Debo, huge play. Uh, Then he is the guy who brought the blitz on a couple of big third downs to force the ball out early. He had that huge tackle on George Kittle at the line of scrimmage on the final drive of regulation where the Niners, if he hadn't been there or if he had missed that tackle, would have gotten a first down and maybe that becomes a touchdown situation where they at least eat more clock. And, of course, Chris Jones, I thought, was the other hero of this game. And maybe it doesn't show Mm -hmm. up on the stat sheet for either of these dudes. I mean, that's the thing with defense, Logan. You know what? I'm going to make this a TJ Watt conversation just very, very quickly. Because the one thing that has bothered me about that conversation is everybody parading around stats, including interception return yards. They'll show the stat head graphic, and that'll be on it. And everything is lit up for TJ, and it's not lit up for Miles. And they say, how could you possibly have robbed this guy? This is true of defense in any sport. Baseline stats, the box score stats will never capture a guy's impact. I was thinking in the NBA, like what if somebody looked at one year and said, Theo Ratliff led the league in blocks. He was so robbed. Like there is so much that you do every single play to keep a guy from getting the ball who you're on. So there's no opportunity to register a stat or just to contain the quarterback, right? To keep a guy inside the pocket just broadly, I think that there is an obvious truth that raw stats do not quantify defensive impact. And you see that in this game, because I thought that those guys were both masterful and neither of them register anything really impressive on the stat sheet. But, Chris Jones changed this game. He had multiple huge pressures. He forced an overthrow on a potential touchdown to Debo Samuel. He forced a throwaway Mm -hmm. on that third down, like he is the guy who made the game-saving pressure at the end. Those two stand out to me, but I think this might be the best Super Bowl-winning defense that we've seen since the Legion of Boom, Logan. The other one that I would consider, Mm -hmm. because I tweeted this out, and I already had the 2015 Broncos, the no-fly zone defense in my mind, but that's the one that everybody brought up. That's the only other contender to me. This defense was so consistently brilliant. Throughout the entire regular season, elite unit in terms of generating pressure, elite coverage unit with an elite defensive play caller, good linebacker play. They were the number two scoring defense in the regular season, held opposing teams to 17 points per game. Nobody exploded on them all year. Nobody. And when it came to the playoffs, they held the Dolphins. Again, we can talk about the weather. We can talk about Tua Folding. That offense that had averaged 30 points per game that we had been talking about, oh my God. Dropped
1: 70. Dropped Dropped 70. 70. Are they the
0: best since the greatest show on turf? Are they better? They scored seven points. The Bills, yeah, I mean, they were able to move the ball some, but that was just like spectacular Josh Allen performance. And in that second half, the Chiefs defense buttoned up, man. They shut down the run. Mm -hmm. They were fantastic in coverage against the Ravens. The Chiefs didn't score in the second half. I mean, that offense completely sputtered out. You held the Baltimore Ravens, their own flawed play calling be damned, another one of the most dynamic offenses in football, to 10 points. And then in this game, despite the fact that your offense is repeatedly giving the ball back to the Niners, you hold them in regulation to 19 points, and then you hold them to a field goal in overtime, in spite of a couple of really impressive plays from their offensive skill, guys. I mean, what an unbelievable season from this unit. What do you think? Are they the best since Legion of Boom? Who else would you have up in that conversation with them?
1: I was going to say, we can do since 2000 uh, two additional things before we get into that. Uh, I want to give another shout out to a defensive coordinator. Dick LeBeau has to be on the short list. I think a GOAT Mm -hmm. uh, D coordinators too. Stat correction. I said Mahomes was the only QB before 30 to win three Super Bowls. It's him and Brady. They're the only two. Uh, Bastard. (laughs)
0: Couldn't let Pat have this one.
1: For real, man. Can we let him have one? Yeah. Continuing the discussion, though, I think they're top five since two thousand. And just looking at Super Bowl winning defenses that are five, I'd highlight. I think you are exactly right. The twenty fifteen Broncos, the twenty thirteen Seahawks, the two thousand and eight Pittsburgh Steelers, the two thousand Baltimore Ravens, and then to me, it's this Chiefs team. And what is so unique about this Chiefs team? Uh, that I think is just fundamentally different from the other ones is the style of football that we just play today.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a
1: lot freaking harder. Uh, you consider the rule changes, the aspect that... I, I think a lot of people forget, Carson, the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers changed the rules of football. James Harrison, Ryan Clark, Troy Palamalu, uh, Lamar Woodley, point to anybody on that team. The Steelers were handing out concussions every single week. And so the NFL had to make a change to lighten up on the rules So we have a fundamental difference there with rule changes and how much softer NFL rules have gotten. But there's also a change in the fact that the passing game is more prevalent than ever before. And that's what makes it so much harder Mm -hmm. uh, to slow teams down. It's just so explosive, so volatile. And like you said, Carson, the fact that there was never a crack, there was never a break, there was never... I mean, just even individual explosive shot plays were rare against the Chiefs. For them to get burnt on an individual Mm play-to-play basis... It's a testament to the talent of this team, the season that they've had, and the consistent game plan and brilliance of Steve Spagnuolo. And uh, on a broader football um, kind of ideology and how they've constructed this team, I think the Chiefs did a great job of pivoting away from their old identity and leaning more heavily into this defensive side of football. All that they've invested in free agency and through the draft, accruing these players for Spags to use. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, the identity of this team, we talked about this in our Super Bowl preview show, the identity of this team was explosive offense, crazy playmaking, shootouts, right? Remember the Rams 2018 Chiefs game? We got over 100 total points scored in that football game, right? Yeah. That was their old identity. And after they lose Tyreek Hill, they completely leaned into making this defense elite to pair up with this quarterback, to give them an elite running game, a a more old school style feel. And it's worked. It's paid off. Yeah. Two years where the Chiefs have been doubted the most, more than any other year. Oh, because they lost Tyreek, because they didn't have any weapons, and because their receiving room sucked this year. And their leading receiver, which is really remarkable, outside of Travis Kelsey, their leading receiver was a rookie. Mm Mm-hmm. And they still get it done because of how they reallocated their resources and built this team. Yeah. It's just genius. And I think the Chiefs organization, top to bottom, deserves a lot of credit for that, man. It's an old-school style of winning games. But when you have the best quarterback on the field, you can do it. You can win football games like this, man. It's a yeah. it's a real change of pace from years previous.
0: It's crazy. You just need enough because the defense is so elite. and. That's exactly what I said, dude. It's like the Chiefs' offense isn't going to explode. They haven't exploded since week seven (laughs) against the Chargers. But Mahomes is going to get you to 24-27. to And with this defense, that's going to be all that you need. It's unbelievable. Truly a dominant unit. And listen, they are going to improve their set of offensive weapons. Like, they're going to invest there. But maintaining an elite defense and saying, all right, Pat, how much can you pick up the slack offensively so we don't have to pay a wide receiver 20-something million dollars a year? Might not be a bad strategy long-term, you know, continuing to invest in young guys, getting good, talented players on rookie contracts. I could see that paying off for them. Of course, the challenge is going to be when Kelsey ages out, and I don't know if you could still say that he's in his prime. Like, I don't think that he's what he was three years ago, but he was still damn good in this game and I think has to be up there for maybe the clutchest weapon ever. And that's the factor that we've talked about, man. In these big games, there's just such a connection there. There is such a knack, such a football instinct for him, an improvisational synergy with Mahomes where he's just going to find a way to get open. And I swear on that final play of regulation or second to last play of regulation i've never seen travis kelsey move that fast in my life bro oh my (laughs) god he was motoring and i saw next gen stats tweeted it's actually the fastest that he's moved in seven seasons but think about it last week against the ravens he has the 100 yard first half this first half he had one yard and he ends the day with nine catches for 93 just so phenomenal when they needed it most and Rasheed does need some credit here dude because maybe he doesn't have like the totally shiny raw yardage total but six catches a lot of those really timely I thought that Pacheco again maybe the efficiency for him isn't all that great on the ground but I thought that it was important establishing some balance to this offense I thought that he got involved in the screen game like there were other dudes who stepped up on this Chiefs offense who deserve some credit. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet.
1: Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NERDS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NERDS. The crown is yours. deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Wholeheartedly, and I think the offensive line, the way they were able to withstand the stamina, I think you saw both of these defenses get, they were whooped at the end of this game. These defenses were tired. And the fact that the Chiefs' offensive line, like, they got beat up in the first three quarters. I'm not going to paint it, you know, I'm not going to paint a picture that Mm -hmm. wasn't there. Like, the Chiefs were Oh, they missed Joe Tooney. They missed Joe Tooney a lot. They were getting obliterated at the line of scrimmage. But as the game kept going on, man, the Niners just looked dogged. And the Chiefs hung up a little stronger. Shout out, Carson. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, holy hell, man. I didn't know Kelsey had that in the tank. Yeah. Um, And that was another, a bit of a head scratcher for me from Steve Wilkes. The fact that the game is in the balance on that possession and you don't dedicate two guys to Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like, I know that Mm -hmm. we put that as a blanket statement, but to me, that was a mistake. Uh, Yeah. I I am not isolating Travis Kelsey on the biggest play of the game on a crucial third down. I'm putting two bodies on him. And so, uh, I do think that... uh, I I think that those guys deserve a lot of credit, too. I also want to give credit to another guy who had a massive legacy game on the line for him in this one, and that's head coach Andy Reid. Uh, Mm -hmm. Carson, Andy Reid has climbed even more uh, after the Super Bowl win. He is the fourth coach in NFL history to coach in five Super Bowls. Uh, That is just with Belichick, Don Shula, and Tom Landry. He's the fifth coach in NFL history to win three Super Bowls. That's Belichick, Noel, Walsh, and Gibbs. He's fourth in career wins, second in playoff wins. He's led Kansas City to double-digit wins in 10 of 11 of their seasons, and they've won the AFC West eight straight times. Carson, and now he is definitively, him and Mahomes have the second-most wins of any head coach and quarterback tandem in NFL history, taking a lead over Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Belichick and mm-hmm. Brady have the most with 30. Uh, Reed and Mahomes are at 15, and Nolan Bradshaw are at 14. It's insane, man. The yeah. Chiefs notched their fourth Super Bowl appearance in five seasons of the third team ever. The 2014-18 Pats and the 90-93 to Bills. Uh, it's a historic season uh, for this team, for this uh, dynasty, which I think we can officially call them now that they have crowned Our themselves dynasty. because they have three Super Bowls and they've done this consistently enough. Uh, and Andy Reid, I already considered probably is the is a he was stamped as a top five coach heading into this game.
0: Yeah, I think is can he make number a, two? Is he number two?
1: That's kind of the tough question, right? It's yeah, it's, it's the stereotypical knock, and I hate being that guy that goes, "Oh, well, Belichick had Brady, you know, well, Don Shula had." Uh, Don Shula had some great teams too. Oh, I thought Andy you were going to say,
0: had, I thought you were going to say Don Shula had, uh, what's oh, his face? Woodley. <laughs> David Woodley or. He had Bob Greasy. He had Bob Greasy. And Earl Morale. Earl yeah. Morale, yeah. Uh, he was loaded. And I was going to say, oh, and, I don't know if it's the same.
1: And that's the funny difference maker that, that we can point out, right? Is that Reed never got the Super Bowl with Mahomes. The one thing that I will come back to, I do think he's number two. I would rank him as my second greatest coach of all time for two reasons. in, the best era of offense that we've seen in the NFL, Reed continued to get better, continued to try to upgrade offenses, did it with two different franchises that were in the mud, right? 1998 NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles have the second overall pick in the draft. They take Donovan McNabb, they get Andy Reed, their fortunes change. The Chiefs down on their luck, 2-14. and 14, He revitalizes Alex Smith's career, brings this organization out of the gutter. They find Mahomes in the draft and boom, uh, to me, the fact that he has done this with two different organizations, that his teams have been so consistently great on offense. You know what, man? Head coaches and great quarterbacks, they go hand in hand. Noel and Bradshaw, Belichick and Brady, Reed and Mahomes. They need to lean on each other. They need each other. Great defense is going hand in hand. These are great teams. These are great franchises. These are great units. They all go hand in hand. But read to me a second. What do you think, Carson?
0: So I think if we're talking post-merger, which I personally would like to do to make this question easier, shout-out to Lombardi, shout-out to George Howells and Paul Brown and all those guys, he's got to be top three. If you want to make the Shula argument, I'll hear it. But I think that when you are talking about the combination of ingenuity, of obviously team success and results, but also of longevity. Like, it's just insane what he's accomplished. And yeah, he uh, didn't have the Super Bowl before Mahomes, but oh my god, I mean, he still had a proven track record as one of the great offensive minds and play callers of all time. He took an Eagles team that won three games before he got there, And then within two years, had them winning 11 and took them to five NFC title games. And Donovan McNabb was certainly good, but he's not like one of those elite top-tier quarterbacks who you're talking about. Then he goes, by the way, he also revived Michael Vick and put out some really good teams with him. They were just consistently in the conversation, in the mix. Then he goes to Kansas City, a team that won two games, and they immediately win 11 games and he revives Alex Smith's career that had kind of already started with Harbaugh but Alex Smith was a bust and then he was a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback for years and the Chiefs were always damn good on offense then he takes Mahomes who is the best ever the best ever do it But at the time was a guy who some people thought going into the draft was a second round talent because he played too much backyard football and because his mechanics were inconsistent and his footwork was sloppy. And I don't think you can deny that Andy Reid helped that guy become the best to ever do it. And even in this game, dude, like some of the play calls that he dials up, I mentioned on that fourth and one in overtime, the, the diversion of the motion, the running back in motion, and then you have the option for, Mahomes to either go to Kelsey moving with him in the flat or to keep it himself you have the play to win it all which Mahomes himself said it was like corn dog the other Super Bowl winning play where you have the receiver go into motion and then cut back to the outside like he just schemes dudes open man I mean he's just so so brilliant and the body of work is uh, obviously not unmatched because of Bill Belichick but outside of that I think that it holds up against anybody else the other head coach in this game Logan I'm seeing catch some flack what do you think? Does Kyle Shanahan bear responsibility here? What did you think of the game that he coached?
1: Quite the opposite. I think I would cut Kyle Shanahan a lot of slack. I thought this was a really well-coached game, and the the one thing that I pointed to, I thought he got creative with his play calls. I thought he schemed up a good game plan. I thought they gave... I, the one area where I thought that San Francisco faltered was not giving McCaffrey the ball more in early-down situations. You talked about that lull earlier that we saw from Purdy in that second half, and I just thought that their game plan was a little wrong. I would have fed McCaffrey a little more, or I would have weaponized uh, the short passing game, You know, try to get McCaffrey in space, Debo in space. But I I thought, for the most part, it was a great game plan. And what did I say coming into this game? The guy with the biggest monkey on his back in this football game was Kyle Shanahan, and he would have a special Mm -hmm. play in his back pocket. And we get the Jawan Jennings flip. I was waiting on it, man. I was waiting on it, Carson, for him to break it out. And I saw it coming, and that was a beautifully – Called play. I got scared because I thought Jennings was going to get licked in the backfield for how long it took to develop, but uh, lateral to Jennings, boom, he throws the bomb, easy TD. uh, Classic little trick play. Considering that he broke that out, considering that, again, the Niners played a damn near flawless football game. Without a muff punt, I mean, without, with them getting in the end zone a couple of different times, I really can't put any of this loss... On Kyle Shanahan, they took a lead in overtime. What more do you want him to do? Again, I think if you're... Carson, we talk about this all the time on this show. Uh, The media, the sports fans, we love to do results-based thinking. So if he's the loser, it must all be Brock Purdy's fault. It must have been a big collapse. and Kyle Shanahan must have cracked his pants. I thought Kyle Shanahan coached an awesome game. This is the best game that I've seen him coach on the biggest stage in football thus far. And it sucks for him that he has to hang his head again. This is number three for him, man, and it stings because his pops went through this same mess, man. It is the growing pains. It is the issue of winning a big game, man. It's. It, I'll say it like this too, man. Bill Cowher was a guy that got heavily chastised for 20 long years that he couldn't get over the big game. First, it was the AFC title game and it was that that was the hump for him for a long time that pittsburgh could not get through the afc title game if it was neil o'donnell at the helm if it was cordell stewart at the helm if it was rookie big ben at the helm bill cowher teams completely faltered until they didn't until they finally got it's going to take a lot of it's the growing pains man kyle shanahan is going to win a super bowl one day the 49ers went to a super bowl with jimmy garoppolo and brock purdy man i think the 49ers can do anything uh Maybe it's not going to be against Mahomes. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the great NFL head coaches that I've had the privilege of watching in the sport. And uh, just because he didn't come away with a victory, I'm not going to criticize the guy. I thought he coached a great game.
0: thought he coached a really good game too, man. And as you said with that one play call, the NFL coaches who can actively add points to the scoreboard for you with just their mind. Those are a rare breed. And I mean, we got to shout out the dudes who made those plays like Juwan Jennings hung in there under some pressure. Logan made a throw elite quarterback prospect Juwan Jennings. For those of you who don't know, that's what he was coming out of high school. And then CMC, of course, makes the play to finish it off. But like, that's still an awesome play call. And I just think his ability to reverse the field for those defenses, his ability to use motion to get mismatches that he likes more offensively. And I thought that beyond... That stuff that he can do pre-snap. And with his creativity, just the overall approach to this game was pretty good. He hammered the run game. Like there was just that little stretch in the second half where he throws on a couple first downs and then you don't have a positive play. So all of a sudden you're working with second and long instead of second and five, second and six. But I mean, we could say the exact same thing about Andy Reid, who we were just praising because his play calling early in this game was not a good and he blew a timeout. On third and one. And then they got stuffed anyways. Like, everybody is going to make a couple mistakes within the course of a game. But I thought that Shanahan was creative. I thought that he consistently got the ball in the hands of his best player, Christian McCaffrey. They had an advantage at the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball With McCaffrey, 22 times, 31 times overall in this game. He was consistently involved with checkdowns. He had eight catches for 80 yards. And by the way, went for it on fourth, down 10-13. So instead of just taking three and tying the game, he goes out there and gets you six, draws up a great play call, is aggressive as you have to be against Patrick Mahomes. But you miss an extra point. If you don't miss an extra point, then you probably win this game if you're the Niners. Like... It just, to me, is a misattribution. It's people look at Kyle Shanahan and one time he threw the ball too much with a big lead in the Super Bowl and that's going to be his reputation forever. No, this is what I was saying, dude. It is so hard to win a Super Bowl without like one of those elite guys and without oftentimes just the best guy on the field. And he's never had the best guy on the field in one of these games. He's never had the best quarterback on the field. So it's hard when the guy opposite you is doing all time special stuff that nobody else could.
1: Exactly. And the three boxes that the Niners needed to check, Carson, they checked two of three of them. Pressure, they got uh-huh. it. The turnover, they got it. They didn't get lucky. You yeah. have to, there, there's little bits of luck involved. And you think about the two biggest plays that cost the Niners in this game, that's what I'll attribute it to. It's the fumble on the muffed punt that leads directly to the touchdown. And it's Mm -hmm. the missed extra point by Jake Moody. That's life sometimes, man. You can do everything right in the book. You can play the perfect, most flawless football game. You can execute the game plan to perfection. And that's what I thought the Niners did. But they didn't get lucky. And sometimes that's what happens, man.
0: I do want to give a shout-out to a couple of the Niners guys because Christian McCaffrey just put forth the Herculean effort in this game, man. And we gave like our favorite bets for the Super Bowl. I'm pissed that I didn't go with yards from scrimmage and I went with rushing yards because yards from scrimmage, his mm-hmm. over hit. In fact, he had the most yards from scrimmage in a Super Bowl of anybody this century, man. Just one of the, I don't want to say all-time great running back seasons, okay? Because that's hard. Guys just don't have the same volume of touches anymore. But I think on a touch-to-touch basis... Like, he's as great as any dude that we've seen definitely since Prime AP. I think that when you talk about the all-around impact, the efficiency as a runner, both the agility and the speed in space, but also his ability to absorb contact to run so physically and being one of the best receiving backs we've ever seen. Like, dude, he maintains this level. He stays healthy. He is going to be in some of those all-time conversations. And really, he's the perfect modern running back right he's not Eddie George you're not going to give him 400 carries but nobody does that he can carry you on the ground he physically this year for sure could take the toll of those 20 plus carries and grind a team down with the physicality and then also have eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown I just thought he was phenomenal in this game and the one fumble sucks but also he was carrying them on that drive and was so fundamental to the success of this offense all year He's
1: one of the greatest dual threat running backs in NFL history. You think is he about top eyes, two?
0: Is he already top two outside of fall, the, Has anybody been a better dual threat running back?
1: The only other guy you can point to is Roger Craig because he has the first ever CMC thousand, thousand yard season. CMC better. I agree, I agree with you. I think that. <clears throat> I don't like dissing on the old guys. I think he is too. You don't have to diss. Ro- you don't have to
0: diss. I,
1: I, I think three is Roger Craig, and the number four is Prime Le'Veon Bell. And number
0: five and is Larry nasty. Centers. And number six is yeah. David Johnson in the 2016 and, season. <laughs> and
1: number seven's Danny Woodhead and Darren Sproles. Yeah. Yeah. McCaffrey is, and I, I think to... speak to it i mean i think his rushing impact is greater than craig's i think he's a better runner between the tackles and outside the tackles than craig and on that oh my gosh dude we're giving out credit to the niners i don't mean this uh, and it sucks because it kind of gets wiped at the end because i think the chiefs overwhelmed them the niners offensive line played some of the best three quarters of football i've seen from a line how much time they consistently bought brock purdy on a play-to-play basis the Niners just look worn down at the end of this game, man. Like, the Chiefs got pressure late in this game. Chris Jones and Carl uh played a much better fourth quarter. I thought the Niners' offensive line did a phenomenal job buying Purdy time, uh, opening up lanes for Christian McCaffrey. And on the defensive side, everybody. Bosa, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, all the big boys up front, Fred Warner... I thought they played uh, an awesome football game, man. I mean, this really did. I mean, Carson, I came away from this saying the exact kind of thing that a lot of people said about the game. I felt like the Niners were the better team top to bottom. Yeah, they were. I do. And, And, I mean, they are a talented, they are a stacked, stacked football team. But the Kansas City Chiefs have a great defense, and they got the best quarterback that's ever stepped foot on a football field. Like, the Niners are... Loaded, dude. And they played a really great football game. I do think these were the best two teams in football. You know, we asked earlier, did, you know, the? we asked earlier in, in a previous episode, did the Ravens game feel like the Super Bowl? Did the Bills mm-hmm. game feel like the Super Bowl? I think these were
0: concretely the best two teams in football. This was a legitimately great game. And I said earlier, one of my favorite Super Bowls. And I think one of the best. Like, I know that some people were ragging on this game early because there weren't a lot of points. I didn't care, dude. Like, the lack of offensive production early wasn't on the offenses to me. It was on great defense. It was on dudes getting pressure, dudes bottling up in coverage, dudes making awesome plays. We mentioned some of the stuff that we saw from Chiefs DBs. Like, that's fun. It's fun. You can have a great game that ends 19 19 at regulation like this one, and you can have a great game that was 38-35, like what we saw last year. Like, there are multiple ways to have a great football game, and I really enjoyed this one. I thought that the tension throughout was so, so high. I do want to say one more thing about CMC, just because I was sort of trying to calm myself down and saying "I I won't say that this is one of the great running back seasons of all time. No. You know what, Logan? I will, because we've only ever... 10 times seeing a guy go for 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 20 touchdowns on five yards per attempt in a season. That's what CMC did. All right, you want to guess him? Go for it.
1: No, no, I was going to say, you should save this list and we should do a TikTok later on this. This would be a blast.
0: All right, it's a pretty intuitive list. But anyways, he's alongside some special company and that's the regular season on top of an unbelievable postseason run in which he ends with over 400 yards from scrimmage in just 3 games like he's head and shoulders above everybody else in the league right now and he is he is entering those all-time conversations when it comes to this game though Logan like where does this rank to you among recent super bowls in terms of the caliber of the game
1: yeah in recent memory i probably say top 5 uh recent memory is going
0: to ever top 5 since 2000 yeah.
1: Standard ballpark, I was going to say since 2000. Okay. My favorite Super Bowl since 2000 was two thousand. Oh, I wonder why. Obviously, my Steelers beat the Cardinals. But also, you have two of the greatest plays, three of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. Santonio Holmes, his entire drive, and then the catch in the back of the end zone. James Harrison's 10 to 14 point swing at the end of the first half. The Steelers don't get it done without him. And then Larry Fitzgerald burning uh, Ike Taylor and Troy Polamalu up the scene. I mean, just classic big... Super Bowl moments on a big stage. The Malcolm Butler game, I hated watching that Great one. Great game. Because I wanted the Seahawks to win. The Patriots-Seahawks, Patriots-Falcons. Yeah. Uh, I think Patriots-Eagles is a classic. I think Eagles-Chiefs uh, uh, from last year is a classic. And then I think it's this one. Those are probably my top six. I'm racking my
0: brain right Ravens- now. Ravens-Niners was pretty uh, damn good. Well, Giants-Pats-Super Bowl number one. You could argue both of them, True. but the 07 one. I, I think... There's
1: been some really good ones. The 07 Super Bowl is a good pull. I'd say the Panthers Patriots Super Bowl. The Rams Patriots Super Bowls. Both of those games end on game-winning field goals from Adam Vinatieri. Absolute classics. Uh, it's up there. It's top 10 for sure, I think, since 2000. Maybe top 10 ever. It's a it's a legitimately great game. And I, I, I'm glad you said that about the defenses. It's, it's a great defensive gritty battle. And, and It's not one of those where they're continuing to run up the score. It's like because of that tension, because it was hard, the points mean something. You know, when Mahomes gets it to me, Cole, at the end of the game, it means something. When Mahomes ties it up with three points to send it to OT, it's like, wow. It was a hard, gut-wrenching three points. that was tough to come by. And it wasn't shitty offense. It wasn't the offense is shitting the bet. It's great defense. And that's why I think it's a great game. And again, this is the second Super Bowl in NFL history to go to overtime. We didn't have overtime in the first 49 years of the Super Bowl. It took us getting to Super Bowl 50 between... Or no, it wasn't Super Bowl 50. It was Super Bowl 51. Yeah, uh, Falcons-Pats. And then we get this one. It's the second one ever to go to overtime. And it's the first one ever with the new rules of overtime. Uh, And I think that's a big component of it. So yes... uh, I think it is one of the greatest Super Bowls ever played, and I'm, I'm very pleased. This was this was very fun to watch.
0: I'm going to say it's top 10, and what the nostalgia merchants don't want you to know is that they actually hadn't dropped good Super Bowls until this century. The Super Bowl was a blowout every year, and there's oh, really for only a few. 13 straight years. I mean, there's... a beatdown. There's only a few, bro. You have Steelers-Cowboys in 78. You have a game in 1990 I don't want to talk about. You have Niners-Bengals, the Dwight Clark catch, and then... Outside of that, I mean, you had a whole lot of blowouts. So, there have been a bunch of good ones since 2000. I think last year was probably a better Super Bowl overall because that was one of the most incredible displays of offense that I can think of seeing. You have to have the 28-3 to comeback. You probably have to have the Malcolm Butler game. Ravens Niners was pretty incredible. Outside of that, though, I mean, I think that this certainly stacks up against anybody else. Again, the tension throughout and how much every score meant really was phenomenal this was an awesome awesome football game and an end to an interesting season like kind of a weird season as we talked about where it didn't feel throughout a lot of the year like that juggernaut emerged and then maybe it was the Niners but maybe Purdy was a flaw and then it was the Ravens and the Ravens got exposed or at least got beaten by the Grim Reaper as did everybody my Buffalo Bills those Miami Dolphins Just an incredible incredible testament to what Patrick Mahomes and this team did. You agree with me? He's got to be top two all time at this point. Are you still having anybody else over him?
1: Raw football impact, when you're looking at the offensive position, it's got to be Brady and Mahomes. I mean, there's just no... When he gets the ball, when there is a player that gets the ball with two minutes left, and you have a sinking feeling in your stomach mm-hmm. that you are about to get your you're about to get decapitated, it's yeah. going to end. You're going to be in tears. It's those two guys. I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, when you're looking at relative to position, and this is probably my Mount Rushmore at this point, it's Brady. It's Mahomes, it's Jerry Rice, and it's Lawrence Taylor. Who are your friends? I think
0: that's pretty consensus. I think that I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: And purely offensive, I mean, you can point to other quarterbacks, to, but to me, with Peyton Manning's consistent playoff shortcomings, Patrick Mahomes clears him. With Aaron yeah. Rodgers' inability to get over the hump, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers defender. Oh, yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers has objectively played great in the playoffs, and the fact that he hasn't been back to a Super Bowl since 2010 – is not really his fault, but Mahomes has the second-best playoff resume ever. You know what I mean? So that, to me, clears Rodgers and what he did in the regular season. It's Mahomes and it's Brady, and that gap is getting closed. It's LeBron and Jordan to me, Carson. That's what we're looking at here.
0: Well, it's pretty different, though, because really Mahomes is closer to the Jordan in this debate. Because the question is, who do you think was higher at their peak? Well, it's, to me, clearly Mahomes in the NFL. And I would say Jordan in the NBA. Who has more longevity? Well, it's obviously Brady and it's obviously LeBron. But Mahomes is not at the level of longevity or career accomplishments that a Michael Jordan is, and that's why it's not an apples to apples debate whatsoever. I mean, the guy's played six years. So that's why to me, best ever do it and greatest ever do it are still a different conversation for him. But yeah, I think he's in a tier only with Tom Brady. Anything else you want to get off your chest about this game, Logan?
1: I think we covered it, man. This was a really yeah. fun NFL season, dude, and uh Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll be back here again next year saying that the the Chiefs have three-peated.
0: No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun when we can go through the narrative of, oh my God, can they survive without MVS, who they trade for a seventh-round pick? Can they do it? Yes, they can. My last two shout-outs, you mentioned Nick Bosa, but I thought that he generated so much pressure throughout this game. And I know we talked a little bit about Jawan Jennings, but, like, what a performance, bro. Oh my God.
1: He was my Super Bowl MVP through... You know most of this game and then i would yeah if it was a niner i probably would have given it to mccaffrey by games end yeah. and yeah one but agreed jennings for a while i had as my super bowl mvp
0: such a playmaker bro such a playmaker i love that guy like theo tweeted out that he's a role player wide receiver that'll define a generation i agree muhammad sanu could never sanu maybe had the arm he didn't have that playmaking knack that juan jennings does that guy fires me all the way up unfortunately not enough for the niners i feel for all the niners fans in my life a lot of my family is niners fans sorry pierre sorry ben sorry to all my bay area brethren who ended up losing but what can you do you lost the grim reaper himself so with that we sign off on an nfl season Luckily, there's still a whole bunch of NFL history to look back on that we can do trivia about and the NBA season is really kicking into gear. So if you want to hear more from us, you can find all of our full shows with video on the nerds YouTube channel. You can also find video essays, video breakdowns that we do mostly on the NBA. There, more intense film oriented stuff. You can follow us across social media if you want to see our trivia content, clips from the show. That is at NerdSesh on Twitter and Instagram, at nerd underscore sesh on Twitter. You can join our Discord if you want to become part of our community, Talk NFL, NBA. That link is at the link tree across our social media bios. And if you want a little bit of NerdSesh merch, we've got hats. Logan's wearing one. We've got shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got the flags behind us. All of that at TheVolume.com. So with that, as always, appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed this NFL season. I've been Carson Brabber. I've been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Cesh.